All right, you guys, I am currently struggling with a pinched nerve in my neck. And if you have ever had one, you know the pain. So I am feeling super thankful for today's sponsor, Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDA is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains like my pinched nerve, and it's great for sleep and anxiety, so I put it on right before bed. Tanasi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. It is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanasi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Since learning the truth about alcohol over four years ago, I've become pretty skeptical about anything that seems too good to be true. You know, like alcohol. If you're like me and you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away, congrats, you're a skeptic too. Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our standards. I take Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus every morning because it has high-quality and traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking my multis actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com forward slash sober mom. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey and I'm so excited to get started. Hi, happy Monday. It's just me today, guys. We have a solo episode, which I haven't done in a long time. Thank you for coming back to the podcast and for continuing to listen. If you're new here, hi, welcome. I guess I wanted to kind of just lay it all out again. So I haven't done like an overview of what this podcast is and what my sobriety is about and what I believe. If you've listened to all, what, 65, 70 episodes, then you probably know. But if you're just tuning in and if you're a newer listener and you haven't gone back to binge all of the episodes yet, are you going to do it? I thought I would talk about my approach to sobriety. 
When I was drinking, I always thought I had to just drink in a better way. I thought that I was just doing it wrong. I thought that if I could just drink in a more orderly fashion, then I would find the golden ticket of drinking and I would be able to seamlessly incorporate alcohol into my life. I would be able to have it when I want it, put it down when I don't. I would be able to drink on my terms. And it wouldn't affect me when I didn't want it to. I would just feel a nice little buzz, but not too drunk. I would be in control. And I was not crazy for thinking that because that's what we're taught. We're taught that if alcohol does its thing, if alcohol takes over our brain when we start to drink it, as it does, if we're affected by it, if our behavior is different, if we do things we wouldn't normally do, if we say things we wouldn't normally say, if we forget, if we brown out, if we black out, if we feel the effects the next day, if we are very hungover, if our anxiety spikes, if we feel shame, we think and we are taught by our society and by everyone around us and by commercials and by all the big alcohol bullshit. We're taught we're just not doing it right. No, 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 no. That's not how you drink alcohol, you silly goose. You're not supposed to get that drunk. You're supposed to feel it, but not that much. You're supposed to drink it, but not like that. What's wrong with you? Okay, well, I guess I'll try again. First, I'm going to beat myself up about it and say, okay, something, I don't know. I'm not doing this right. And everyone else seems to be because no one else is talking about how they're feeling. And I'm just going to assume that they have zero questions about their relationship with alcohol because no one talks about it. And so I'm not going to talk about mine because I'm not going to utter those words aloud because you know what that means, right? That means it's straight to AA. That means I have to call myself an alcoholic for the rest of my life. Even when I'm not drinking alcohol, I have to call myself this thing in front of strangers, but it's also anonymous. And so it's very shameful. We, it's nothing to be proud of, the struggle with alcohol. And so I'm just going to continue to try. I can moderate, right? I can look around and I can see other people moderating. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it again. You guys, I was in that cycle for years, years, and I didn't even know it was a cycle. I didn't know what I was trying to do. I didn't know I was trying to moderate a highly addictive substance. I just thought that I had to get this shit figured out. And if I didn't, and if I failed, that's because I was doing it wrong and there was something wrong with me. And that is that shame spiral that we talk about all the time. That 3 a.m. wake up, that next day when you feel the effects of alcohol and all of those thoughts of like, God, what is wrong with me? Why can't I do this like other people? I promised myself I would have one and I had four or I had a bottle. What is wrong with me? That is the shame cycle. 
And I'm going to tell you, when we assume that no one else is struggling with their relationship with alcohol, that is the lie. Because I ask almost every guest when they were struggling, because we all go through the period of trying to moderate, and that looks different for all of us. The point that I got to when I said that's enough could be way different than the point someone else gets to. I'm not even calling it a bottom. It wasn't a bottom. It's just a point where you're at the end of your rope with moderation. And when you decide to give up on moderation. And so my point when I decided to give up on moderation, it wasn't earth shattering. Nothing happened. I got drunk. I didn't make a fool of myself. In my mind, I did. But I don't think people around me would say, holy shit, you were out of control. No. I didn't get a DUI. I didn't lose anything. For me, though, it was too much, and that was the last time. But it was only when I was ready to be done that I said it out loud, that I said to my husband, I'm done. I'm done with the hell of moderation. I didn't know at the time that that's what it was, that I only know that now looking back. But never in the years, just trying to figure out how to fit alcohol into my life in a seamless way, never did I utter that I would struggle. And then I felt shame when I failed in my mind, when I failed to control a highly addictive substance. I didn't utter that. We're taught not to utter that because if we do... AA is the only option, right? That's what I thought. And that's what kept me drinking. That's what kept me in it. I'm not that. I would immediately justify drinking because it was in opposition to those who went to AA. And I'm not that. I didn't lose everything. And so when we assume that everyone else around us has a healthy, and that's in quotes, a healthy relationship with alcohol, that's where we get stuck. And that is very dangerous. Because I'm here to tell you that we live in a society that is obsessed with alcohol. That's nothing new. You know that, right? You know that. You know that alcohol is the only drug that we feel pressured into doing and into drinking. No one's pressuring us to do heroin. No one's telling us cocaine is the right answer. No one's telling us cigarettes will make motherhood easier. Our society is obsessed with alcohol. And we assume that there is this normal drinker standard that we need to reach. And that's the goal. And I'm here to tell you, if we look at normal drinker as someone a typical drinker. A typical drinker is not a take it or leave it drinker. It's not a have one and maybe forget to finish it and never think about it again and not drink for a couple months and then maybe have one. And that is not your average drinker. Your average drinker has feelings about their relationship with alcohol deep down. 
not out loud. We don't say it out loud, but deep down, your typical drinker questions and feels shame. It feels like they're not doing it right and drinks too much and makes rules and tries to moderate over and over and over and over and over and over again, trying to crack the code. And we can try to crack the code for years, for decades, for our whole damn lives. We can waste time trying to crack the code of how to drink alcohol the quote-unquote right way. We would not do this with any other drug. We would not try to fit cocaine into the cracks of our lives. We would not try to smoke cigarettes the right way so they didn't affect us and so that we didn't get addicted. We don't even do that with sugar. We don't do that with coffee. Well, I do that with coffee. I just fall face first into a pot of coffee every morning and then I call it a day. Alcohol is the only drug that the onus is on the drinker. We completely overlook how highly addictive it is. And if we get addicted, it's a problem with us. And so you don't have to wait to stop drinking alcohol until it gets worse. You don't have to wait to get addicted. You might just be a weekend drinker. I hear that all the time. And that's a rule. That's a moderation rule. That's a moderation attempt. You're putting guardrails around your drinking. Well, I only drink on the weekends. Okay, why? Why do you only drink on the weekends? Because you don't want it to affect your week. That's a moderation rule. And those rules continue, right? Well, it's only I'm only going to drink Friday and Saturday. Okay, fine. I'm only going to drink on special occasions. I'm never drinking more than two glasses. The problem with moderation is that it takes willpower, and willpower runs out. The other problem with moderation is that sometimes it works. Sometimes we're able to do that. Sometimes we are stronger than the alcohol, and we're, yes, woohoo, we celebrate. See, I knew it. I didn't have a quote unquote problem without realizing that alcohol is the problem, no matter how many rules you create around it. You guys, I didn't know any of this. I knew 0% of this when I decided to stop drinking, January 19th, 2020. I only knew I was done. I didn't know what that meant. I only was just like, okay, well, I'm done. I don't want to feel like this. I knew what I didn't want. Sometimes you know what you don't want before you know what you do want. And that's okay. When I stopped drinking, I knew I didn't want to feel like shit from a substance ever again. I never wanted to spend an entire day on the couch watching my life go on around me, watching my kids play, watching my husband make breakfast and lunch, and not being able to participate. I knew I would never let that happen again. I also knew I wasn't going to go to AA. I knew that that wasn't for me. I didn't know anything else. That's all I knew, and that's all I kept coming back to. I kept coming back to what I didn't want, and I didn't want to lose anything else to alcohol. 
And then I made my way slowly. I started to find out what I did want. And I started to examine and to really tell the truth about alcohol and how it had affected me in my life. And it's only then, guys, it is only then that we begin to feel free. You know, generally, I think the cycle is when you're really hungover and you're in the shame shit, the shame shit, you're saying, yeah, I'm done, right? Never again. I'm done. And then as your hangover dissolves and as we kind of just time passes and there's some time in between when you drank in that hangover and you forget and then you start to romanticize alcohol as we all do, as the movies do, as Instagram does, I mean, a glass of red wine being like cozy and fancy and all that bullshit instead of just like legit skull and crossbones poison, you start to forget and then you start to think, well, I wasn't that bad. Like, doesn't this feel really extreme? Doesn't this feel extreme to be like, I'm never drinking again? I'm never drinking? What? What am I doing? I don't think this is the answer. And so then we go back to it. And it's just that cycle. And sometimes that cycle is over weeks. And sometimes that cycle is over years. Instead of thinking of it as no longer allowing the drug in our life. It doesn't matter how quote unquote bad you were. Which, P.S., you are not bad. Alcohol is bad. Alcohol causes all of the shit. All of the shit that you look back on when you were drinking, that's alcohol. That's not you. That's alcohol. And so continuing to compare ourselves to, I always think Meg Ryan in When a Man Loves a Woman, continuing to compare ourselves to that. And it's like, well, I'm not that. And so nothing to see here. That's the trap. (laughs) I mean, that's how society and big alcohol and everybody who talks about this has done a huge disservice. Because they do put the onus on the person instead of the substance. Like, I actually picture myself stepping out of that maddening moderation cycle. I picture myself stepping out of that darkness and into the light, and it's bright, and I can't see, and I don't know what the hell is going on, and I don't know where I am, and I'm shielding my eyes because it's so bright, and I'm like, what? And I can't see anything, and it's blinding. And then slowly, slowly, things start to come into focus. And you can leave the cycle behind without answering those questions that your fear is telling you you have to answer. No, you do not have to answer if you are a quote-unquote alcoholic. We don't know what that is. That's not in the DSM-5. Mental health professionals don't use that. They used to decades ago, no longer. You do not have to answer that question. No, you do not have to answer the question, are you ever going to drink again? Is this forever? What? Let me tell you, if you are thinking that, and if that is something that's haunting you, you have to remind yourself that that's just fear. 
And fear's strong. Like, fear fucking sucks. That's all that is, though. You can put that to the side. You do not have to answer the question of forever. I live, in my sobriety, I live somewhere in between one day at a time and forever. My sobriety is not one day at a time. I understand that it works for some people, and that's great. It does not work for me. I do not want to have to answer that question every day. I don't want to have to think about it. I don't want to have to weigh it, to examine it every day. I don't want to do that. That, to me, is looking back and still focusing on alcohol and kind of bringing alcohol along with me in my sober journey. You guys, I left alcohol. Alcohol is still just back there, January 18th, 2020. Alcohol is not invited into my sobriety. And for me, one day at a time feels like you're dragging alcohol behind you into every day of your sobriety. And I don't want to do that. And forever, I mean, what? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Because as Annie Grace said, I saw her say this the other day. She's like, the problem with the question of forever is like, well, when do we know that we've succeeded when we die? And so like, are we just constantly going to be like taunted and harassed by forever? Because you guys forever, I don't know if you know this, but that's a really long fucking time. That's like until death. And like you only know that you succeeded in your goal after you die. (laughs) So you can't even celebrate like on your deathbed because that's still not forever. You guys, that's so depressing. I am not doing that. I don't answer forever for anything. I've never even tried to because I don't know what forever means. That doesn't mean anything to me. That just means I'm scared. If I start to think about forever, that just means I'm I'm all up in my fear and letting fear drive. And to that I say, fuck you, fear, move over. <laughs> and so how I think about my sobriety is that I'm done drinking for good, for the good of my mental health, for the good of my relationships, for the good of my soul, for the good of my family, for the good of my children, for the good of my future, for the good of my healing. I'm done drinking for good. And that's enough for me. That puts the focus for me back on what my sobriety is. My sobriety is full and it's looking toward the future without being afraid. It's possibilities. It's freedom. It's all of the good stuff. And so try not to get tripped up by forever. Forever will take care of itself. And you also don't need to go one day at a time. Focus on what sobriety has given you and what you want to get out of it and go from there. Okay, guys, I hope that this kind of helps you as we go into patio season. If you live in the Midwest, you know what that is. That's when the air doesn't hurt our faces anymore and we get to go outside. And generally with that comes a lot of celebration because we celebrate warm weather and we celebrate with ethanol. And so 
some of you are more tempted during the summer and there are more things happening. And I would just encourage you again to give yourself a chance to see that alcohol doesn't make all of those things better, doesn't make it more fun. You have the capability within you to have fun. You are fun without alcohol. Did you know that? I don't even think you know that. I know that. You are fun without alcohol. You are funny without alcohol. You are confident without alcohol. You are courageous without alcohol. Give yourself a chance to see. Okay. I want to remind you also, come and join us on Patreon. We have a whole community over there of women who are in this same spot, sober curious, sober trying to figure all of this shit out. They're answering their questions and they're doing it together and they're supporting each other. And I just love it so much. So we have five, seven, and $10 tiers. There are bonus episodes. We have merchandise that Patreon members get 15% off all the time. And you guys, it's pretty damn cool merchandise. I designed it and I love it. We have book clubs, we have Zoom meetings, we have Discord chats. You guys get to chat with each other all day long. I even jump in here and there. You get to have direct contact with me. You can DM me. Instagram does not work to DM me. I I have too many and they get lost. And so you get direct access to me and we we can connect and chat. I love these ladies. We're like a little sober family over there. So come and join us. It's patreon.com slash the sober mom life. I'll link it in the show notes. And then also just come follow me on, on Instagram at my kind of sweet. You could see a picture of a full sober life. It's pretty damn cool. I got to say, and also uh, you can follow the sober mom life for all things podcast. And you will be hearing some ads on this space. I would love it. Just listen to them. Try not to skip through them. That's how you can support this podcast. If you're loving it, don't forget to rate and review it and maybe share it with a couple of friends. All right. I hope that this episode was helpful. Have it in your ear before a big event this summer or if you have something going on or if you're just feeling down, just replay it. Save it. I I made it for you. I wanted kind of an overview of how I approach sobriety and what has worked for me. And I would love to hear what you think about it. So let me know. And until that, have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. 
If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.